Welcome to Heart of Worship Church Podcast. For more podcasts, sermon videos, daily devotions, great new worship music, and more, be sure to download our app by searching Heart of Worship Church in the App Store or Google Play, or visit us online at heartofworshipchurch.com. Hi, I'm Miranda Wright, and this is day seven of our 120-day Upper Room Prayer Campaign. Today we'll cry out for those in authority, both physical authority and spiritual authority. But after today, the real war begins as we use our authority, as we transition from crying out to casting out. In 1 Timothy chapter 2, starting in verse 1, it says, I exhort, therefore, that first of all, supplications, prayers, intercessions, and giving of thanks be made for all men. For kings and for all those in authority, that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and honesty. For this is good and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior, who will have all men to be saved and to come unto the knowledge of the truth. Paul was giving instructions to Timothy, a young pastor, on how to run the church. And he saw fit to tell him that first of all, before any other thing in your service, before any other thing in your priority list, before any other thing in your church, first of all, let prayers and supplications and intercessions and giving of thanks be made for all men, all men, not just the ones you like, not just the ones that are good to you, not just the ones that are kind to you, for all men. And he says, all those in authority. Now, I want you to remember something very important here. Paul had been utterly beaten, tortured, hated, imprisoned, and vastly mistreated by those in authority, by leaders and government. And yet here he is from prison, giving the order to those underneath him to pray for all of those in authority. Because Paul understood that the only way things would change and get better and that Christians would be able to lead a peaceable life is if God had saved the leaders. They're not going to change by our persuasion. They're not going to be changed by our protests. They're going to be changed by our prayers. There were times in the Bible where God saved an ungodly or a heathen king and that king changed everything. So instead of complaining about our politicians, we ought to be praying about our politicians. Instead of spreading bitterness and offense which damns souls to hell when we see injustice, we ought to be praying and warring and interceding against the powers and principalities that influence men to walk in those injustices and praying for the souls that are being damned by them. So today we're going to lift up a cry and a prayer for our national leaders, for our local leaders, for our spiritual leaders, for our family leaders, for all those in authority. And as intercessors, specifically in this prayer campaign, I need you to be lifting up prayers daily for the leaders of this revival. Even if you don't know them by name, the Lord knows. Just lift up the cry and the call because the enemy does fight against. And I definitely need you to be lifting up prayers for me as this prayer campaign continues because we're about to wage all-out war on hell and hell is not going to take it sitting down. The Bible says the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they are mighty to the pulling down of strongholds. There really is no biblical New Testament justification for reacting to any situation with violence, bitterness, or hatred. As Christians, we are required to use our 
spiritual authority to war for the souls of those that are in physical authority over us. Sometimes we're in a situation of hardship or imprisonment because we're there to save the jailer. We got to think about Paul and Silas in this circumstance. All they did was preach the truth. They preached the gospel of Jesus Christ. And though they were told by authorities to keep silent, they obeyed the law of God and continued to preach it. However, they never fought back. When the authorities came, they beat them, they stripped them naked, they shamed them, and they imprisoned them. Not only did they not fight back physically, but they let no root of bitterness or offense or unforgiveness set in that might turn their heart against those whom they were there to save. Because the enemy is going to always cause those you're there to save to come against you so that he can turn your heart against them and their heart against you. But Jesus came to turn our hearts back to the Father and the Father's heart back to us. And it's our job to turn the hearts of others back to God. And we can't do that if we're fighting each other. We can only do it if we're fighting for each other. So instead of whining and complain, backbiting and hating, Paul and Silas began praising. And when they lifted up that declaration of faith and showed forth the light of the glorious gospel that was in them, and they began to speak the truth of God and to share the unaltered, unhindered, uncompromising truth of Jesus Christ, the very foundations were shaken because these people had never seen such uncommon, unimaginable love. And that's the love that we have to exhibit. We have to demonstrate the power of the kingdom of heaven. And we have to demonstrate God to a loveless people that do not understand. And God is love. We have to be that love. And sometimes we're going to have to take some licks and keep forgiving and keep loving to prove the uncommon love of Jesus Christ. That there is something different in us than there is in everybody else. And so Paul and Silas... Instead of becoming bitter like the enemy wanted, they looked at the situation around them and said, okay, now we know who needs to be saved. And they began to pray and they began to praise and they began to war and they used their spiritual authority to win the souls of those in physical authority over them. The jailer and all his household was saved. This is our commission. This is our reaction. This is our obligation as Christians. To war for the souls of those in authority over us. Even the ones you don't like? Yes, especially the ones you don't like. Because those are the ones that need it the most. Let's talk a little bit about spiritual authority. You know, the ones with the most spiritual authority are usually the ones with the least physical authority. And we need to remember to pray for those too. Because God uses the least of these. And more often than not, that little unnamed person of unshakable faith. That seems to have no purpose or prestige other than to pray. They are the ones that have the most authority and the most power in the kingdom of heaven. And they're going to have the most glory at the return of Christ. But we overlook them a lot. We think their faith is unshakable and nothing can ever come to them. Those are the ones we need to remember to pray for because they're facing the most attack. They're waging secret war and they're getting attacked. And we need to remember to pray for those who pray for us. Ephesians 6 says, For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and against powers and against rulers of dark places of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Even in the high places, it's not the people that we're warring against. It's not the flesh and blood. It's the powers and the principalities that are manipulating that flesh and blood. 
You have no authority in many cases against those in authority that are flesh and blood, but you have all authority as a child of God against the powers and principalities that are manipulating those fleshes. If you learn to look past the puppet and start dealing with the puppeteer, your fights will be much more effective than whining and complaining and gossiping and hating because when the devil brings you into that place of offense, you've given up your authority because your authority comes by the power of the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit will not inhabit a heart of hate. God will not share his glory with another. He will not share his house. He is love. He is mercy. He is compassion and he will not indwell a heart that is full of hate and offense and bitterness. It is not possible. Jesus himself said that if you will not forgive there's their trespasses then God will not cannot forgive you of yours in other words if we choose to hold on to any hatred or bitterness to with anyone else we forfeit our righteousness we forfeit our right standing we forfeit our very salvation according to Jesus Christ himself and we surely forfeit our authority that is the tactic that the enemy is using against many people today to get them into offense to steal their authority their power and even their very witness the Bible says the weapons of our warfare are not cornal, but they are mighty to the pulling down of strongholds. If you do not allow the enemy to disarm you with bitterness and offense and foolishness and sin, then you have all right and authority to disarm him. Ephesians 1.19 says, And what is the exceeding greatness of this power to us, Lord, who believe? According to the working of his mighty power, which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead and set him at his own right hand in heavenly places above all principalities and powers and might and dominion and every name that is named, not only in this world, but also in the world to come. And hath put all things under his feet and gave him to be the head over all things to the church. He is the head. We are the body. We are part of his body. He is over all things. And so are we. Because get this. This is something that people need to get in their spirit. If you are saved, blood-bought, born again, full of the Holy Ghost, in alignment with God's will and God's word, walking in righteousness, saint of God, then you have all power and authority to take dominion. We're going to talk about this a little bit more tomorrow when we talk about taking dominion. But I need you to see something. In Romans 8, 11, it says, But if the Spirit of Him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwells in you. He that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies by his spirit that dwells in you. Therefore, we are debtors not to the flesh to live after the flesh. The flesh has no control over us if we stand in the God-given authority that we have by the power of the Holy Spirit. For if we live after the flesh, we shall die. But if, but if, but if you through the spirit, through the power of the Holy Ghost, taking authority, do mortify the deeds of the body, ye shall live. For as many as are led by the spirit of God, they are the sons of God. And if you're a son of God, you have the authority of God. And this is why 
Get this in your spirit if you get nothing else today. For ye have not received a spirit of bondage again to fear, but ye have received the spirit of adoption whereby we cry, Abba, Father. The spirit itself bearing witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. And if children, remember this, underline this, learn to quote this. Remind yourself of this every time you begin to pray that it would stir up faith in the authority that we have been given. Get this in your spirit. And if children of God, then heirs, heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. If so be that we suffer with him, that we may also be glorified with him. Do you understand what a joint heir is? is that would mean that if I got adopted into a rich family who had a son already and then the father of that family said I'm gonna make you both joint heirs which means you both inherit equally everything that Christ has we have everything including his authority we are joint heirs with Christ we have inherited everything of our father that Christ had. Jesus said, the things that I do, you will do and greater because I go to the father, but you're still going to be here. And he's sent us his Holy spirit that would empower us to do great and mighty things, but we don't believe it. We don't understand that we are joint heirs with Christ. We inherit everything that Jesus inherited, including his authority. And we just read that all powers, principalities, and dominions were put under his feet. Therefore, they are under ours also. It's time the church stood up and put them in their place. We need to stop trying to change the physical and hoping that it affects the spiritual and start changing the spiritual because it will affect the physical. Revelations 12, starting around verse 7, the Bible tells us very clearly that there was a war in heaven. And that the dragon was cast out and that he came to earth with great wrath knowing that his time was short. I got to explain something to you real quick before we move into prayer because you got to understand where we're going next. The devil's already defeated. The war is already won. He's already been cast out. But he has great wrath and he fights hard against the church, the bride of Christ, because he knows his time is short. Jesus defeated the enemy at Calvary. Colossians chapter 2 verse 15 says, And Jesus having spoiled, that word spoiled there in the original Greek translates to disarmed. Jesus having disarmed principalities and powers, he made a show of them openly triumphing over them. Jesus has already disarmed. He has already overcome In the world, there will be troubles and trials and afflictions, but be of good cheer because Jesus has already overcome. He's already disarmed. He's just waiting for us to believe it and walk in the authority of it because this is the situation. Jesus won the war. I want you to think of this in military terms. It's kind of like whenever we see these countries and they have a horrible dictator over them. According to scripture, Satan was the ruler of this world. He is the prince of the powers of the air. And he had authority and he had dominion. And there's a very deep understanding of this that I don't have time to get into with you today. I will put a link 
in the uh, video description of this podcast if you want a very deep in-depth lesson on this that will help you to really grasp and understand your spiritual authority what it is and why you have it so that you can have faith to walk in it I do highly recommend that you go and watch that before we get into the next phases of spiritual warfare because you need to be walking in absolute faith in your authority because we're about to start shaking the very foundations of hell but you have to understand it's kind of like when you see these nations and these people they're in bondage to this evil taskmaster this evil dictator and then another more powerful kingdom comes in and overthrows that dictator that old dictator that was like that was like Satan and he had us in bondage and enslaved to him but the power of the kingdom of heaven came and King Jesus came and he overthrew he disarmed he dethroned that old ruler and he took authority and then he turned to his followers and he said now it's your commission to go out and tell the people because there were people who were in bondage who didn't see this fight and they don't know that they've already been liberated they don't know that they've been set free they don't know that they don't have to continue to serve that old dictator that taskmaster anymore they don't know that I will give them weapons and power and authority to fight against the remnant of his foot soldiers that are still out there go free the POWs go free the slaves go free those who are in bondage to them and tell them you have been liberated you have already been set free it's good news go give them the good news that is our commission to tell people the enemy is already defeated he He's already dethroned. He's already disposed. He's already disarmed. So stand up and fight with the power and authority of the new kingdom. If you will choose to join the new king, you will gain his power, his authority, and the armies of his kingdom will back you up. And that's why it's such good news. That's what the gospel is. The gospel, the word gospel literally means the good news. Why is it such good news? Because it means we've been liberated, we've been elevated, we've been taken from beneath and placed above. I go through this very in-depthly in the lesson that I will link up in the description. But in creation, there was an order of creation and there was an order of authority in that creation that placed God, of course, above all because he is uncreated and then angels and then men and then animals. And in the lesson, I lay that out through scripture, but something changed. Something happened. Jesus said that if I be lifted up, I will draw all men to myself. That when he was seated in heavenly places, he took us with him. He married us and brought us into the family. He adopted us in and that took us from beneath the angels to above the angels. Where before Satan, who is a fallen angel, had authority over us and dominion. Now we have authority and dominion. Now he is under our feet. And he is fighting desperately to keep the church from realizing what they are and what they have. Because when they figure it out, he's done. The devil has no more authority. He's walking in the void that we create because we're not walking in ours. We're gonna get in this more tomorrow, but today we're gonna pray and we're gonna cry out. We're gonna pray for those in authority. We're gonna pray for those in physical authority. We're gonna pray for those in spiritual authority. And we're gonna pray that the church wake up and learn its authority so that it can walk in its authority so that they can start changing things. God, we come before you and we lift up our leaders. God, we lift up all those in authority. 
God, we pray for our president. God, we pray that you lead him by your mighty right hand. God, we pray for presidents to come. God, that you pick them. God, we lift up a cry because we know your word says that you give the people leaders according to their own lust God so we pray God if we would pray the church got scared and they started praying and we started to see a little bit of change in the government but then they got laxed and started playing again God and things are starting to slip so God we lift up a cry for our leadership we lift up a cry for the Congress we lift up a cry for the house God we lift up a cry for all those in authority God we lift up a cry for local authority God that you put godly men and women in positions of power God we pray for the salvation and the souls of those who are already in power God we pray for dreams signs wonders whatever it takes Lord shake them wake them bring them to a place of repentance and salvation and for those who refuse and will not humble them, Lord, remove them by the power of your own hand and not by ours. God, we trust you. You are the defender of the defenseless. And when we start taking matters into our own hands, you have to take yours off of it. So we take ours off of it that you might put your more capable hands on it. God, move in mighty power to bring godly men and women into positions of authority, physical authority, Lord, where they stand in spiritual authority. Raise up the no names God raise up the faceless people who move in magnificent spiritual authority and put them in places of physical authority cause them to raise up more around them to speak up and to speak out to cry out and to cast out to do the work of the kingdom that you have given and commissioned Lord to do the work that no man can do but by the power and the leading of your Holy Spirit give us a faith and the power and the authority that you have given us give us a revelation of the authority give us a revelation of the placement and the, the mandate that you have placed upon our lives as believers in Christ. And God, we pray for local leaders. God, we pray for governors. God, we pray for the police. God, we pray for all those in authority. Lord, even down to the first responders, that you would position people where you want them, that you would remove those who are not ordained of you to be there, that are not called into these places and positions. God, we call out the usurpers and we call in the servers. God, that true leadership is not one who has many servants, but it is one who is a servant to many. God, give people a revelation of what true leadership is. There are too many dictators claiming to be leaders and leaders do not dictate. Leaders serve. God, we pray for church leaders. We pray for pastors. We pray for deacons. God, we pray for bishops. God, we pray that you put conviction in their heart, that you put a fire burning in their bones, that you put a word in their spirit and that you pull it out of them. God, that you take them to the woodshed and strip off the flesh and the pride and the pump and the desire of vainglory. And God, we pray that you raise up a people humble, willing to serve and lay down their very life for the service of the kingdom. Those that are willing to stand up in spiritual authority and teach others to walk in the power that God has given them. God, we pray that you will tear down the altars of Baal, that you will put out the light of Babylon and that you will raise up a true light, a fire of the Holy Spirit in the heart of each individual. God, I thank you that the time is coming that you're going to do away with the false business model 
that keeps people bound in powerless repetition and ritual, God. And you're going to raise up individuals with the fire of the Holy Ghost, moving mountains, Lord, and showing that there is power if we will but believe and step out in faith. God, I pray that you raise up a witness. God, that you call people to step out and to lead by their example. Your word says that we will overcome that dragon by the blood of the lamb. That is what you have already done and the word of our testimony. And because we love not our lives unto the death, that means that every person individually going out and telling others what the blood of Jesus did for them, how it set them free, how it changed their life, how it delivered them from offense, how it delivered them from drugs, how it delivered them from depression how it casts demons out of them that is what sets the captive free because it proves the power of the blood of Jesus Christ it's not one person in a pulpit God it's a bunch of little fires going out into the darkness and spreading like a blaze God raise up a people with an understanding of their authority and their commission God we pray for the teachers because they are in a position of authority over our children God we pray that you position godly teachers that you save the souls of teachers who will stand up against the lies in the textbook. God, it was the teachings of evolution and Darwinism that were used to justify the Holocaust, the attempted eradication of an entire people. And it will be used again if people don't rise up and understand the tactics of the enemy and stop believing what they're told and start seeking the spirit of truth for what is the truth. Even the church has become deceived, Lord, because they believe that Adam and Eve were only evolved. God, they don't understand that even to believe that there was death before the sinning of Adam and Eve is heresy, according to the scripture. And Jesus Christ himself validated biblical creation. We got to decide today if we really believe the Bible. We got to choose if we believe the book that our faith is based off of. We got to choose if we're going to believe the word of God. We got to choose if we're going to believe Christ. Because if we come out of alignment with his word, then his spirit will not endorse our words and we have no authority. I choose to believe the word of God. I choose to believe Jesus Christ. I choose to believe that the whole reason he came and had to sacrifice his life to redeem us from the curse of sin was because in the beginning there was no sin and there was no death but Adam and Eve fell and because of a fallen world wickedness came into it and then a savior had to come to save us from the curse of that sin God without the truth of biblical creation it tears down the very foundation of Christianity And people are claiming to believe your gospel when they don't believe the full counsel of the word. And it is stripping their authority away. The devil is cunning. He is subtle. And he is using the same lie that he used in the garden. Did God really say? Did the word really mean? Is that really what he meant? And people are taking a bite. And falling from grace. And losing their authority. God I pray for a revelation of truth. That your people would walk into it. And walk into authority again. Because the armies of heaven. Will endorse the ambassadors of heaven. When they speak the truth of heaven. Decrees of men have no power. 
But the rhema word of God is authority. It is anointed and it is the anointing that breaks the yoke. I pray God for a return of biblical authority. God, we're going to see a move like you haven't seen since the book of Acts because we're going to choose to believe you like people haven't believed since the book of Acts. They just believe the word of the testimony. And God, we believe the word of your testimony from Genesis to Revelations. We believe it and we will walk in the authority of it and see nations shaken and the foundations of hell will quake. Because God's people will rise up, shake off the chains and the bondages and the weakness that the lies of the enemy have caused them to lay down and walk in and rise up in the power of our Christ. The devil is walking in the authority that we've given up. He has no place and no authority, but because we're not taking ours, he is moving in the void. And today we move to close the void, God, because we are praying that you raise up a people with a knowledge of the authority and the power that they have been given by Christ. This precious gift that he purchased with his very life, with his blood, with his humility and his shame. It says that for the glory that was set before him, he was able to endure the shame of the cross. What he saw before him was a glorious bride. That is the glory that was set before him. It was a promise of a people who would walk in purity, who would walk in authority, who would walk in faith and who would put the enemy under their feet who would overcome in revelations it says to those who overcome it is for them to be seated with christ in high places and it says they overcome by the blood of the lamb the word of their testimony and they love not their lives unto the death because when you start moving in the power and authority of god things are going to happen and then you need to start talking about it you got to give that testimony you got to go tell somebody what the blood of jesus did for you and the enemy's going to get stirred up he's going going to get mad. All of hell is going to come against you, but you got to choose to give that testimony, to speak that truth, even if it costs you your very life, because that is what overcomes the enemy. It breaks the lie that he still has authority that he does not have. It breaks the lie that he still has power that he does not have. It breaks the lie that tells people that they can't be set free from sin. When you tell them the testimony of how you were, it breaks the lie that says they can't be healed. When you give your testimony, of how you were. It breaks the lie that says you can't be delivered when you give your testimony of how you were. When you give your testimony, you are giving the good news that we have already been liberated and my life is a testament of it. And it causes the captive to know that that old dictator is already dethroned and I don't have to bow to him anymore. Be willing to speak it with authority, even if all hell comes against you for it, because it will bring a greater weight of glory in the end. God, raise up a people who will speak. Because the enemy has done a great and mighty work to strip the authority of the church by stripping its voice, by making it silent, by hurting them into the church and saying, just sit here, but don't bring it out in the street. Don't bring it into the workplace. Don't bring it into the school. Don't bring it to your family. You can come into this little building and have a good time. You you can dance, you can sing, you can laugh while all the world burns. Just don't go out there 
and fight the good fight. He's okay with that. But God's not. Because that's not what we were commissioned to do. We were commissioned to go out into all the world and make disciples. Not church members, not converts, not customers. Disciples. Followers of Christ. Not followers of men. Not followers of denominations. Not followers of personalities. Followers of Christ. Students. The word disciple means a disciplined student. A student of the word and teachings of Jesus Christ. Because in that lies our authority. God, we use our spiritual authority today to war on behalf of the souls of those in physical authority. God, we cry out for their souls. And God, I cry out for a people with a boldness to go out and seek to bring the truth to those souls. Not to hate them, not to slander them, not to come against them, but to love them enough to bring them the truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ. To go to them and tell them, this is my testimony. This is what the blood of Jesus did for me. This is how it set me free and it can set you free too. Raise up a bold people, Lord. Bold in the face of the enemy, but humble before men and God. Raise up a people with a love and a compassion for the lost. People that lay aside self and selfishness and how they feel and what they want and vainglory and power and pomp and prestige for the sake of a soul. Because in the end, everything in this world is going to burn. The only thing that's going to survive are souls and all of our property and all of our money and all of the things that we worked so hard to gain in this world. It's going to be ash. And the only thing that's going to stand on that final day are the souls of men. And we're going to look and say, but I gathered all of this. I built all of this. I had this big fancy business or this big fancy church and I did all of these things. And God's going to say, that's all ash to me. How many souls did you bring into the kingdom? Give us an understanding of the commission and the authority you've granted us to walk in it and to accomplish it and give us an urgency and a fervency to go out and do it. Raise up a people of humble authority, not arrogance, not pride, not zeal without knowledge, but faith in the authority of our God. Father, we pray that you shake the ministers, those that walk in authority in the house of God. God, if there be any sin in their heart and in their life, we pray conviction. God, we pray that those in leadership over the houses of God that claim your name would be convicted of their lack of conviction. That they would be convicted of compromise and complacency. That they would serve you with their whole heart, that they would put themselves on the altar, Lord, and say, Lord, if there be any wicked way in me, search my heart, O God, and burn away the flesh. 
Because the fire of God didn't fall because of the altar. It fall because of the sacrifice. It failed to burn away the flesh. And Paul said that we need to make ourselves a living sacrifice. That it is our reasonable service. It is the least we can do to place our life on the altar. And let the fire of the Holy Ghost come and burn away every bit of flesh. Every bit of self. Every bit of pride prompt. Every desire that has been placed in our heart, that we may lay our lives and our will down for yours, that we may come to that place, that Gethsemane moment where we say, Father, not my will, but thy will be done. Have your way with my life. Because if I choose to be crucified with Christ, then I know I shall be raised with him in glory. And there will be a greater weight of glory on the other end of what you want to do than there ever could be on the other end of what I want to do. The price, according to Jesus, of being a disciple is everything. It will cost you everything. But when you come to that place where, like Paul, you can count everything of this world as dung that you might gain Christ, then everything becomes not such a high price to pay. I'm willing, Lord. I pray that others be also. Because you need a people submitted and committed to do what you want to do in these last days. Your word says that those who know their God will do great exploits. The problem is, is that many people are like the woman at the well when Jesus came to her and he said, you don't even know who you serve. She thought that she was serving God, but in actuality, she was serving demons. The Bible says that when the Gentiles sacrificed unto their idols, they sacrificed unto demons. And when we serve anything that is outside of alignment with the will and word of God, whether we realize it or not, we are serving the devil because there is one truth. There is the only truth. There is Jesus who is the truth. There is the Holy Spirit who is the spirit of truth. They are the truth and there is no other truth. We have to let the truth change us and stop trying to change the truth. And when we do, then the power of the kingdom will come to back up that truth. God, we thank you for authority. We thank you that you loved us enough to suffer the shame and reproach and the beating and the backbiting and the slandering and the gossip and the plucking of your beard and the peeling of your flesh and the piercing of your side and the crucifying of your very life to bring us the truth that we might believe it and be saved and walk in the authority of heaven that backs it up. And yes, we will face attack for it. Your word tells us as much. In fact, it says that everyone who will live godly will, not might, not maybe, they will suffer persecution. The church is being sold a lie of ease and prosperity when the word of God says that anybody who is truly living for God will suffer persecution because it's a war and the enemy is mad and he is coming against those who are walking in the truth. In fact, I would tell you that if you have not suffered persecution, if you have not suffered spiritual attack, then it means that you're not saved because the only people who never come face to face with the devil are those already at his side. So get saved, get in the fight, endure the attacks and know that there's glory on the other end of it. Walk in the authority that he's given you 
And don't let the enemy strip it from you with lies and compromise. God, I pray for an impartation of authority, but I know that it does not come easy. It does not come cheap. It comes at a price. So let each person individually say, Lord, I choose to take up my sword and fight. God, we pray for those in physical authority. Again, we pray for Washington. God, we pray for our states as there are many people from different states. You can pray individually for your own state leaders and for your own capitals. You can call those names out. We pray for Baton Rouge as we are founded in Louisiana. God, we pray for the leadership of our states, of our nation, of our towns and our cities. We pray for the leadership of the churches within our communities. We pray for the pastors. We pray for revival in the pastors that there might be revival in the pews that there might be revival in the streets God we pray for revival we pray for a reviving of this nation God bring an awakening of who we are in you but most of all God we pray for a divine impartation of revelation in the authority that we have as joint heirs with Christ, as children of the Most High, as part of the very family of God that has been lifted up above every other order of creation and all things placed under our feet. Cause us to speak forth your decrees with authority. Cause us to walk in the statutes of your ways. Cause us to shake off the lies of the enemy that tells us that we can't be set free from the power of the enemy. God, cause us to walk in true spiritual authority. Thank you for listening to Heart of Worship Church podcast. For more podcasts, sermon videos, daily devotions, great new worship music, and more, be sure to download our app by searching Heart of Worship Church in the App Store or Google Play or visit us online at heartofworshipchurch.com.